one of the promises I made to myself was that I was never going to inject anything into my body, man. And, and so when I went over to their house, uh, I see the, I walk in and they're like, Hey man, we want to, we want to try something new. And we wanted you to, you know, we wanted you to join us. And, and I just was like, you know what? Uh, this isn't for me. Uh, you guys enjoy your life. I'm out of here. And from that day forward, man, I, I quit all hard drugs. Welcome back to the Started Somewhere podcast. I'm your host, Ross Alex. Now today, my friends, we're on episode number 21. And I have an awesome guest joining us from Dallas, Texas. His name is Jason Priest. Now, Jason has an amazing story. He actually went from being a nurse in the ICU to starting his own fitness coaching business called Dad Bod Health. Jason had a rather rough upbringing, getting into drugs at an early age. But he knew that he wanted to make a change. He knew that he wanted to live a fulfilled life. And just like that, he turned it all around. Now in this episode, Jason shares with us how he did it, what it was like working as an ICU nurse, and of course, how to enjoy the foods that you want to eat while still maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Jason, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely, bro. Pleasure is all mine, man. I know you're doing some big, big things with Dad Bod Health. Can't wait to share your story. With the listeners out there, uh, first off, man, how's your day going? How's your quarantine so far? Well, like most people, I need a haircut. <laughs> but man, That's why I'm wearing the hat? I'll myself. just tell you, yeah, I hear you. I'm 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 all hats lately myself, and I'm not normally a hat guy. But I'll just tell you, I've I've uh, I've obviously got my gripes and complaints, like everybody does about this situation. But at the end of the day, man, I'm just grateful as hell to to have everything that I have in my life. Um, you know, if my problems are not having a gym to go to, needing a haircut and not being able to go to patios and drink a beer and eat a burger, my problems are pretty minimal. So it's fun to, it's fun to bitch about it, man. But at the end of the day, like, I'm just, I'm just very grateful for everything that I have in my life. And, you know, there's a lot of people dealing with some really unfortunate situations with this thousands upon thousands of lives are being lost. And, you know, for me to, for me to complain about having a haircut, I'd say my, my problems are pretty minimal, like I said. Mm, dude, that's a really great uh, attitude to have, man. Uh, where, where does that gratitude come from, bro? I, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I practice daily, man. Um, my, my mentor lives by something called the G-Code, and uh, it's, it's gratitude, it's group, it's grind, and it's genetics. And so the, the four Gs is really what we focus on. You know, there's some other gurus in the entrepreneurial space that, that live by what we call the four F's. I'm sure you heard of that family, faith, finance and fitness um, with faith, whether you're a, a, you know, a believer in God or a believer in the universe or a believer in yourself, uh, whatever that means for you. But, you know, with the G code, it's really uh, gratitude first, man. And when you when you really focus on that and practice gratitude every day. That's the very first thing that I do when I wake up in the morning is, is write in my gratitude journal. I use an app on my phone called Evernote that actually has a gratitude journal template. And uh, man, it's powerful stuff. You know, the, the subconscious mind can either work for you or work against you. And, you know, most, uh, most of your listeners probably have gone through or maybe even going through some struggles right now. Everybody has struggles and challenges in their life. But when you, when you have gratitude at the forefront of your mind, 
uh, it makes those struggles and challenges a lot easier to navigate. Mm, powerful stuff, man. And I completely agree. You know, somebody always has it worse out there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and there's people in this world that would do anything, I'm sure, to have the problems that we're dealing with. For right sure. Now. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, I, I actually put out a post about this the other day um, saying that, you know, they, they I don't know who they is, you know, that they say, uh, but they Stay. say that uh, <laughs> that uh, self-comparison is the biggest thief of joy. And to be quite honest with you, man, um, I, I believe that it works both ways. You know, if you're I'll just use the example of what I do, which is obviously helping men get healthy. Um, you know, when you're if you're a, a dude that needs to lose 50, 60, 80 pounds or more, and you're comparing yourself to, you know, a, a model on Instagram or a bodybuilder or something like that. Well, yeah, it, it's definitely a, a big thief of joy. And, and it's not something that I recommend. But when you talk about gratitude and, and being grateful, man, when you compare yourself like what you just did to the people out there who have, you know, who would die for our problems, um, you know, it works both ways. And so I feel like when you can when you can keep yourself grounded and realize there are people out there that that struggle for days just to get dirty water, not even clean water, um, struggle for days and sometimes weeks with no food. I mean, imagine living like that. And so, you know, again, it, it just brings me back to the problems that, that you and I have in our life or mostly first world problems, man. And it's, uh, it's not anything that I can complain too much about. Dude, I, I could not agree more. I watch his travel vlogger on YouTube and he put up a video the other day of him in Ghana. And okay. he went to this part of Ghana where it's like a huge junkyard for electronics. And they literally okay. like get anything they can, like ACs, car motors, and they break it down with their bare hands to take out the copper and other precious metals wow. that they can sell. And he's talking to this guy, and this guy says that he takes him 30 minutes to take the copper out of um, like some sort of compressor. And in, his, in, in their money, that 30 minutes equates to one U.S. dollar. So wow. 30 minutes of like ripping this Annual thing apart. Annual labor, like just hard for, labor, yeah. yeah. Just, for a, just for a dollar, right? So it just That's puts wild, things man. into perspective, man. Holy shit. It sure smoke, does. You know? Yeah. But uh, Jason, for the listeners out there, man, um, would you mind to share a little bit about yourself? For sure, man. So <laughs> I uh, I come from a bit of a checkered past. I won't go too deep, so because I don't want to take a ton of your time. But um, I grew up in a single single parent household. Um, you know, I got heavily involved in drugs in my teens. Uh, this is probably dating me and speaking my age here, uh, but I was a I was a raver. I was a rave kid, and uh, you know I never knew that that when I was doing all that, it was it was really just I thought it was extracurricular activity, just a way to have fun on the weekends, man. But ultimately, it was me covering up the pain that I was dealing with at home because my mom was highly depressed. She was an alcoholic, smoked in the house, and I ended up uh, losing her when I was 25. She was 49. It was uh, about two months after I got married, and uh, you know so. I had a bit of a, a troubled upbringing uh, just because she didn't, she tried her best, man, but, you know, I didn't have a ton of guidance in terms of, of having a, a dad in my life. My dad is back in my life now, but, um, and our, our relationship is now probably better than it ever has been. But 
um, it was not an easy, easy road for me. And so uh, got mixed up in the drugs and, and found my way out of that uh, by, by going to nursing school and, and making a decision that I wasn't going to go down that road anymore. I needed to do something quick to get out of that lifestyle. Luckily, I did. Um, obviously started my career uh, as a registered nurse in the ICU, uh, but, but was able to me uh, meet my wife then as well. My wife is a pharmacist now, but she, at the time she was a uh, pharmacy technician. And so uh, met her. Uh, she actually asked me out, uh, <laughs> which I'm not afraid to admit. Um, but yeah, man. And so now, uh, you know, long story short, I started in the ICU. I um, we moved off for her to go to pharmacy school. I worked, a, I was a director of nursing at a long-term care facility for a while. Then I got into corporate wellness, um, uh, and then later went on and, and started, you know, became a personal trainer and health and performance coach, and then, uh, started my business. Oh, it's been, uh, a little under two years ago. Um, have a, have a five-year-old son, have another, another boy on the way that's due in August. And, uh, yeah, man, that's a, that's a shortened version of a little bit about me. Nice, brother. Dude, congrats on the uh, the little one coming, man. Thanks, bro. Uh, I appreciate it, man. I just nothing went through be it Nothing better than being a dad, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the thing amazing. that I love most. It's awesome, yeah. dude. It's it's so much fun. It's like the nine months of waiting to yeah. actually like having – it's just a surreal experience. Like, it is amazing, man. Nothing, nothing tops it. Um, no. Dude, by the way, man, I love the logo in the back for the viewers on oh, YouTube. Oh, thanks, bro. That's a sweet logo. We got a man with are those dumbbells. Yeah. So what that is, and I'll kind of explain that because a lot of people, you know, it's it's kind of misconceived at times. But it's a it's a rip dude with two dumbbells. One one side has a beer and one side has a burger. And I will just tell you, man, like I'm a normal dude. I'm very much a burger and a beer kind of guy. Um, but there's a time and a place. And so the the way the the, the what that logo represents is what I'm trying to say is this, is that, you know, you don't have to give up all your favorite things in life. I believe that food is one of the many joys of life. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a beer snob, dude. I, I'm a very big IPA fan. And, uh, you know, I, I, I go, I go distances to, to get my beer because I'm just not, I, I've become a very big beer snob over the years. And so, um, I'm very much a gourmet burger and IPA beer kind of guy. And, uh, I firmly believe that that you can live a healthy lifestyle without having to give all that stuff up. And so uh, those those things are very much a part of my life. Uh, anybody who checks out my Instagram will see, man, like my burgers and beer pictures are up all over there. And it's just a representation of, you know, you can you can strive for the best and still want to be healthy, but also live and love life at the same time. Mm. Powerful stuff, bro. I'm not your normal uh, your normal health guru that's going to tell you to stay away from that stuff because I know it's just not reality for most people. At the end of the day, most dudes don't want to give up all their favorite foods. Mm. Most dudes don't want to give up their beers with their buddies on the weekend. Um, you know, and that's just the reality. And so I've I've created a system and a you know a framework that I follow and that that I have my clients follow that very much allows for us to you know enjoy these things. Um, but also get really good results with, uh, you know, with our health. And so that's really what I stand for. Mm. Awesome, man. Yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely going to be circling back to that because I want to know sure. your uh, methods to, you know, yeah, no enjoying doubt, the things that you want to enjoy, but also, you know, living a healthy lifestyle. 
But I want to take it back here um, in your earlier years when you said you were on some drugs and things weren't working sure. out for you. And, you know, you're going through a rough time and then you decided to go to nursing school. So what made you want to get into that field? Like, what did that look like? What was there like a light bulb moment you had that said, you know what, I'm going to go into this nursing program and get off the drugs? Like, walk us through that. Yeah, that's a great uh, that's a great question, man, because to be honest with you, um, you know, basically I was presented with um, we'll just call it my my uh, coming to the light moment when I went over to uh, two dudes that I was you know, mixed up with the drugs, uh, involved with the drugs in, and, and I went, went to one of their houses and I walk in and the, one of the commitments that I made to myself when I was living this, this drug life. And, and again, I was a raver, man. So for me, it was mostly about, you know, dancing. I I'm a, I'm a rare white dude that can actually dance. Um, but, <laughs> and a lot of practice went into that, man. I was, that was my life for many, many years. And so, um, you know, I was presented with an opportunity to uh, inject methamphetamines into my arm or get the hell out of that scene. And one of the promises I made to myself was that I was never going to inject anything into my body, man. And, and so when I went over to their house, uh, I see the I walk in and they're like, hey, man, we want to we want to try something new. And we wanted you to you know, we wanted you to join us. And, and I just was like, you know what? Uh, this isn't for me. Uh, you guys enjoy your life. I'm out of here. And from that day forward, man, I, I quit all hard drugs, uh, put them down, and I and I decided that I needed to make a, a full court press into finding a way out of there. And it's funny because I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I know I needed to do something quick. And I met two dudes when I was going to uh, a community college, was taking some classes there just, just to try to figure out my life. And I met two dudes that were both talking about going to nursing school and I kind of, it kind of caught my interest. I looked into it a little bit and I figured out that it was a two year program. I could become a, a registered nurse. And with, within those two years, uh, I would have the ability to make six figures with no problem at all coming from, you know, coming from the rave scene, going into the workforce. And uh, that appealed to me and, and uh, I jumped in and went head first. Never saw those two dudes again. Neither one of them, I think, went to nursing school, but they at least inspired me, and I believe all things happen for a reason. Mm. And so started nursing school, man, and uh, one thing led to another and decided that critical care was where I needed to be. Um, I, I wasn't cut out to take eight patients out on the floor. I needed, a, I needed more um, you know, brain challenge than that, and so I went into ICU, man, and I've seen some things that most people never want to see in their life. I've done CPR on guys as young as 38 years old, um, you know, with, with their, their family standing in the room behind me, uh, hoping and praying that dad was going to pull through, man. And that was a, a big reason for the, for what I do now, uh, was a big inspiration for me to start my business. So, wow, man, that is, that's intense brother. And hats off to you, man, for being able to do that kind of thing because that's like that's a different type of breed man to be yeah. able to work in that environment and see dude it's all uh types it of is shit. just not what most people envision life being like and that's why i have a lot of respect for the people that are on the front line right now it's just 
Mm. It's a it's a crazy world, and I'll tell you, man. And and one reason why I don't think I could ever go back to the hospital, um, not not aside from the fact that I love my business, but um, is the fact that it's become so political now, and these people don't get the time that they need to spend uh, with these patients, man. And and it's uh, you know there's a lot of politics, a lot of documentation it takes the nursing care away from the bedside um, and it's just a sad situation. And so, so much has changed. And the reason that I know that it's changed is again, because my wife is a pharmacist, she's a clinical specialist and she works with infectious disease in the hospital. And uh, she, uh, you know, she keeps me posted on the, on the political uh, outcry that, that, you know, the medical community has become. And it's just a different world now than it was when I was there. Mm. So in your, professional opinion uh you know i know you're not practicing medicine right now but um what is your opinion on the current outbreak and where we're at with coronavirus you know a lot of places are already starting to reopen there's controversy it's too soon it's you know we need to slow down we need to wait for the vaccine stuff like that so what what's your opinion on everything yeah great question man um to be honest with you i had mixed feelings in the beginning but um, I've, after everything that I'm seeing, I've come to the conclusion that I, I really think that we jumped the gun on shutting down the entire economy. Um, I'm not going to undermine the fact that this is a, a deadly virus and that thousands of people are losing their lives, but we've kept the country open for much worse things than this in the past. And, you know, especially for as long as we're, we, we've stayed locked down now. Um, you mentioned places opening back up. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and we're opening up today. Um, obviously, my wife is pregnant, but I want to be on a patio with a burger and a beer and and celebrating the opening of our of our state, man. Like, I I'm so done with the nonsense. Um, I see people driving around with in their car with masks on. I see people walking through my neighborhood. Texas is a big state, you know. Mm. Um, we're very spread out, and I have a, you know, my my neighborhood is, you know, the, the houses are pretty. There's a there's a decent amount of space in between the houses, and I see people walking through the neighborhood where they're, you know, the closest person to them is 50 or 100 yards away, wearing masks, and I don't I don't believe in living my life in fear. Um, I don't believe in the fear mongering, and I, I truly believe that there's some, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I think there's a lot more to this than any of us really know. Um, I, again, I'm not undermining the virus. I'm not disputing the fact that it's killing a lot of people. I actually have an aunt who I believe is going to end up dying from this. Um, but I also think that, uh, I do think that we jumped the gun a little bit. Um, I think that this could have been done a little bit differently or a lot differently. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to live my life in fear. Um, I've not yet put on a mask once when, and I'm not gloating about this. This is just me being a nurse, knowing how things work. Um, if you know who, uh, Brad Lee is, do you know of Brad Lee? Yeah, I, I know Brad. Do you follow him at all? I've seen his post in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so he put a out a video, um, he put out a video, I think it was like yesterday or maybe the day before. Um, and I believe it was on Instagram that had me and my wife just rolling laughing um, because he called the bullshit, dude. He called it like it was. And we we're very much aligned with the way that he was thinking. 
and he was making fun of the people driving around in their cars with masks. It's like, you know, you're wearing the mask to stop the spread, not to prevent from getting the virus. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. And I'm, I'm for the masks in certain situations, but when you're driving around with your windows up with a mask on, I think that it, it just shows where we're at as a society with, you know, the mainstream media pushing this, this fear down mm. our throats, and I'm not going to buy into it. So, so I, I think that you as a, as a medical professional, right, how, how, how long were you, were you an active uh, nurse for? I worked in the ICU for six years. Okay. And then I, was, uh, I worked in long-term care for four years, which was I was, over, I was a manager of uh, actual hands-on nurses. Um, and then I went, I did some home health for a little bit. And then I went into the corporate wellness world, which was health coaching by the phone. So total, probably about 10 years of actual hands-on nursing. So your beliefs after being in the medical system for 10 years, to me, has a lot more merit than Brad's opinion. And I sure. generally love Brad. I will disagree with Brad on a few things. No doubt. Because... Yeah. As an influencer that has a few hundred thousand followers, somebody that's not a medical professional, some of his some of his opinions <laughs> have rubbed people the wrong way because I know where if you're you going. read yeah, the comments sure. like, well, you're not a medical professional, so you shouldn't really for you know, sure. like dishing it out to the wrong people, you know. Hundred percent, man, and I'm Come not on, gonna Brad. dispute that. <laughs> yeah. I guess the only reason I brought up that that clip was because he was spot on with it, and from a medical standpoint, um, it just resonated with us because we, we both think it's uh, ridiculous. But I completely agree with you when you have that amount of influence. But here's the thing: you also have to you also have to look at the the other side of the coin, in that usually people with the amount of influence that he has, um, I'll name another person out there like a Sean Whalen, um, who can say some very controversial things, who I actually really like. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you have to you have to think that the reason that they have that amount of influence is because they don't have a filter on a lot of those situations and they don't care what other people think. And that's what has propelled them mm -hmm. to having a large amount of the influence that they do. I'm not undermining the amount of work that they've also put into their craft because they're both businessmen. They both built their own empire. But at the end of the day, you have to think that there's a certain percentage of their influence that comes from people resonating with the fact that they're not scared to say a damn thing about the way they feel. And, mm. and that's just my two cents. It's, it's the tribe, right? Like for sure. They all have their own tribe. No doubt. Polarizing content sells. It's just, no it's doubt. just how it is. If you look at the TMZs of the world, the, the New York times, all those big media publications, bro. man, the, the more, yeah. Like you, I mean, I don't know if you follow like national news, but I mean, CNN puts out bullshit left and right. Oh yeah, dude. And, and it sells. It gets <laughs> clicks. It gets it gets reads. Right. Like people actually right. dive into the content. So I respect. Yep. I have respect for people that are able to speak their mind freely and not worry 100%. about you know the repercussions. Yep. So, um, but anyways, man. So back to um, you as a nurse. I did have one follow up question. Did you pay for nursing school yourself or did you take loans or scholarships or what did that look like? Dude, I did that all on credit card, man. Really? Um, and, and a little bit of loans. I put out, let's see, I want to say I took out about 
six or eight K in loans and then the rest went on credit card. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, bro. Yeah, two so two year nursing program. It's gotta be pretty intense, right? Like the the the, the curriculum. A lot of time, uh, um, a lot of exams and stuff, like, you know. Yeah, and it's changed a lot, and I'm not going to lie to you, man. I was a guy, my whole life I've been, I, I, I want to say this with humility, but my whole life I've been a guy that didn't really need to study until the night before I was that guy. Mm. And so um, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of stress in my life when it came to nursing school because it wasn't something that really challenged me too much in terms of the test taking. But what I will tell you is that the hands-on stuff is where, you know, things can get a little bit dicey and you've really got to be able to do that. And I'll tell you that there's a lot of straight A nurses out there who make terrible nurses and that's uh, when I started hearing that in year one, I was like, you know what? I got good grades. I mean, I was an A and B guy, but I wasn't going to put a lot of emphasis on my grades when even my own teachers were telling me, hey, like, don't worry too much about the, the applied knowledge when it comes to the classroom studies. Just make sure that you can be really good with taking care of your patients and making sure you're doing everything in your power to, to make sure they're cared for well. Mm. And so that's just, that's me being transparent, hey, man. Hey, absolutely, man. I, I respect it. Now, were you working at the time while you were going to school? Um, you know, I had some part-time jobs. I worked at Costco in the photo lab <laughs> and, uh, I vividly remember uh, getting too drunk a few times and going in and, and having to open up the photo lab while I was throwing up in the trash can in the photo lab. Jeez. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, it it was not something where you could really have a full-time job because you had your clinical rotations and you had your classroom time. And so I had to be at the hospital um, about half the time. And so holding on a, a full-time job then wasn't really reality. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I try to do my best to get a little bit of income here and there. I, I would do some house sitting, uh, as well for some of the people in the, in nursing school. Cause I was young and they all had families. A lot of them were older and had families. Mm. So when they'd go out of town, like I was the go-to guy that could, could make a few hundred extra bucks by watching the dog and getting the mail. What would you say is one of the most memorable, wild experiences working as a RN? There's so many, man. Like, it's just a. The ICU is a place that you never want to be, but it can be. Uh, it can be pretty exciting if you're about the the blood, guts, and glory, man. Um, you know, I've seen some pretty disgusting things. Uh, we talk about viruses. I've seen a lot of infectious diseases that, you know, literally eat people's legs off, and it's just a. It's not a. It's not a place where anybody wants to be, man. But. I, I worked in a hospital where we were recovering uh, post-op heart surgery patients. So I, I worked with some pretty high-level machines, man, some, some machines that are really even outdated and they don't even use anymore because technology has advanced so much. But, um, you know, these, these ventilators that Trump keeps talking about, you know, being these, these really expensive machines and the ventilators, the ventilators, um, you know, I would say 90% of my patients were on a ventilator, man. Like that's standard in the ICU. And so 
Um, you know, it's hard for me to nail down one thing because it was six years of just nonstop action, man. Have you ever seen or had to treat a gunshot victim? No. So I worked in a, well, you live in, you, you live in Houston. Yeah. You said, yeah, yeah. So I worked in, in a couple of, um, a couple of hospitals that are north of Dallas. And so any gunshot victim that would come into the hospital would come to the ER. They would usually, uh, if it was bad enough, they would usually care flight them out to one of the downtown hospitals, like a Parkland or something like that. Mm. Um, so I was more in uh, suburbia. Yeah. And so we didn't have like, there's, there's different levels of trauma centers. And so, when you're talking about trauma where time is of the essence, um, they would usually send those people to, you know, the, to, the to trauma, some of the trauma. higher level yeah. hospitals. Yeah, 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 makes sense, makes sense. So six years in the ICU and then you went on to do some uh, some other things in, in the field. Yep. Why didn't you end up going all the way, right? Like what made you want to leave that career path behind and start DadBot Health? Well, so, you know, I moved, we moved to a small town when my wife started pharmacy school shortly after my mom passed away. And I transitioned away from the ICU because the town that we moved to, I was literally going to take a 50% pay cut. And I wasn't willing to do that kind of work for half the money that I was making. And so I got into long-term care because I was in a management position. And then after that, we moved back to Dallas and I started working in corporate wellness. And that's when I became highly engaged in my own fitness because I was 60 pounds overweight uh, at one time. And I went through my own health transformation story and was actually featured in Men's Health for that, man. I dropped 60 pounds in about nine months. Wow, and good for you. When I, yeah. And so when I did that, I became very passionate about fitness and, you know, it, it was almost like a borderline new addiction. So I got into weight training. I, I got into spin classes and really, you know, got myself into great shape. Um, but I still wasn't willing to cut out, you know, my, my cheat meals and my, my beer and all that stuff. And so what I did was I decided that I was going to really, you know, really take all my knowledge and experience and try to figure out a way to manipulate my physique to give me the ability to enjoy those meals, but also still have a six pack. And that's what most people can't wrap their head around. And that's what, that's the appeal that my company has is that because I've created this system in a sense, um, you know, people, you know, obviously dudes, dudes who are like me, really love the appeal of that you know i'm not the guy that you're going to normally go hire to get a six-pack i'm the guy that you're going to hire to get healthy get in better shape but learn a sustainable way of living that doesn't have you following fad diets and still allows for you to enjoy life like i said food is one of the many joys of life as you said with my logo you know that's a big part of my life and that's why a lot of people are, are turned on by my company is because that's what we, sh that's what we teach. That's what we mm. show them how to do. And so, um, not everybody that comes to me drinks beer and eats burgers, but 
the majority of people that are attracted to to my brand mm. um, obviously very much want to be able to do that same thing. I like it, man. And, you, and you, it's like you carved out a niche, right? For like, sure. And and I think that the riches are made in the niches, right? Like when you hone in and appeal to like one specific group of people and you sure. become the authority in that space, right? Like you're chance of succeeding is is very high instead of trying no to doubt. appeal to everybody. So let, yeah. let's talk about that sustainable lifestyle, right? First off, why is, and this is a very obviously easy question, but I, I want to hear it from you. Why is health so important? Well, since this is an entrepreneurial show or entrepreneurial focus show, uh, here's the thing. At the end of the day, man, like what you have to realize is that if you want to build anything of value and you want to provide value to the world, I don't care if you are a insurance broker or a digital marketer, in order for you to build your quote unquote empire, or whatever your whatever your end goal is, uh, you've got to be able to scale your health with your business. And a lot of people go about it the wrong way. Uh, a lot of people that I work with are business owners who come to me uh, because they're struggling with their health. And what the pattern that I see often is that people want to, or men uh, want to build these businesses and you know wait to address their health later on in life. Unfortunately, uh, that is not the way that it works if you want to enjoy any real quality of life. Who wants to build an empire, um, you know, become financially, you know, either, whether you want to call it well-off, stable, independent, whatever the term we want to use, who in their right mind would want to spend the time and effort into building their empire and then having to give all that money back to doctors and hospitals to take care of themselves in the later years or worse off, die of a massive heart attack or a stroke because they chose to ignore their health on the front end for too long. Mm. And so the issue that I see is that in this country, especially we live in such a sedentary society that it's almost as if we are painting this picture that, you know, health is not that important. And that's one of the reasons why we have a 40% obesity rate right now. And it's, you know, heart disease is the number one leading cause of death in our country. Uh, more people will die of a heart attack this year than of the coronavirus. And so, you know, when you start talking about the real numbers like that, um, you know, that, that pretty much answers your question. But as entrepreneurs, it's very easy to say, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. And, you know, health is your most important asset. Without it, you don't have much. Mm. You're absolutely right, dude. I think that a lot of people, myself included, put health not necessarily at the bottom of the list, but it's like, okay, I have time. Like, I'm not going to get a heart attack tomorrow. So I have sure. I have some time. And that mentality is, is, is fucked up, man. It's a fucked up yeah. way, to, way to think. It, I had a scare. Uh Maybe like a, two years ago, I, I went to the, to the eye doctor to get an eye exam, right? Okay. And uh, they checked my pressure because that's okay. what they do at eye doctors, I guess. My pressure was high, man. And the lady's like, holy shit. Like, you got to go to urgent care. Like, your pressure's fucking high. That's I started not good, freaking bro. out, dude. I'm like, yeah. what the hell? 
So I go to the urgent care. They hook me up on the EKG and all this. And I'm like, dude, like I have white coat syndrome. So if I see like white coats, I kind of get panicked anyway. Sure. But it's like that fear of like, oh, this is happening, you know, where on a day to day basis, if you're not confronted with that scare, then it's easier to eat that those french fries and that burger because no one is reading your blood pressure like dude something's seriously wrong you know what i mean that's like it's a fucked up way to think man here's the thing dude is that you know blood pressure high blood pressure is a silent killer man a lot of people die um because of strokes and a lot of people don't feel symptoms from it and so it's a real issue and Mm. unfortunately this uh i'll wait till you know, I'll wait till later to address my health mentality. Um, as you are are realizing, is it's it's really dangerous, and like you said, it is fucked up. And and a lot of people have that mentality, which is part of the reason why. Like I just looked up the numbers to to kind of clarify on the coronavirus comparison. So I uh, I'm not exactly sure on the number of deaths with coronavirus, but let's say it's 60,000 or something. About 650,000 people die every year from heart disease. Mm. And so we're not anywhere near the amount of people that are going to die. Hell, more people die in one month from heart disease than coronavirus, basically. And so this is a real issue. And you don't, not everybody feels chest pain. Some people don't feel anything until it's too late. And if you have a massive heart attack, and you drop dead, then what the hell were you doing building this this empire when you know you should have been focusing on your health at the same time? And so I'll pivot a little bit here because here's the thing is that I don't want to scare people, but at the same time, you know, taking action is of the utmost importance. And what I want what I want your listeners to know is this is that this doesn't need to happen overnight, man. Like you can start being proactive about your health right now today and start working on things that will slowly gradually start to make you not only feel better but start to get real results and that's that's why i'm so passionate about what i do and how i help my clients is that you know i'll give you an example i've got a couple that started working with me uh i don't work with a lot of women but when i have a man who has a wife that also wants help um, and i can tackle them both at the same time through zoom calls then you know, obviously I, I'm open to doing that. And so I've got a couple I'm working with right now. And these guys, you know, both of them are not, they're not healthy people. And he's a business owner. She's a, like a daycare director or something. They, you know, higher stress jobs. Um, and just with a few changes over time, I had them do this. Uh, I have a 30 day program that's like a 30 day beginners program. It literally just has you do something active each day. So there's no like, there's no strenuous workouts. This is literally just do some jumping jacks one day, do some crunches one day, uh, do some walking one day. And then inside that program, it's all done inside my app. Inside that program, I've also got uh, video content that, that focuses on what I call the four core pillars of health. And this is what I want to expand on a little bit here is that, that the people in the entrepreneurial space, especially uh, really fall victim to these first two, the first two core pillars of health. And the four core pillars of health are this, sleep, stress management, nutrition, and fitness. Well, if you go into the doctor's office right now and you're 50 pounds overweight, what are the first two things they're going to tell you to do? They're going to tell you to work out more and eat less. Well, 
your response is usually, well, thanks a lot, doc. That fucking helped me a lot, right? Like I already knew that shit. But what they don't talk about is how, how much quantity and quality of sleep you're getting and how well you're managing your stress. Because here's the thing. If you're not getting good sleep, both quality and quantity, and you're not managing your stress adequately, then your efforts, no matter how great they are with fitness and nutrition, are not going to pay off in the ways that you hope they pay off. I'll give you an example. I've got a guy I worked with in the corporate wellness world, and during those times, I only spoke to people about either once a month or once every quarter. Now, I talk to my private clients every week, okay? So, huge difference. And so it took us a little while to figure out what's going on. But I had this guy who was 40 pounds overweight. Guy was working out six times a week for an hour each time doing weights and cardio and was also eating basically all protein and vegetables. So, you know, pretty lean diet. Now, that's not a diet that I would recommend. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm much more well-versed than that. But that's what he thought he should be doing, which is fine. It's a lean diet, probably was too low on calories, but still. So the guy should have been dropping some weight. And he, wouldn't lo- he wasn't losing a pound. And when we finally figured out the root of the issue was that this guy had a job that was keeping him up till 1230, 1 o'clock every morning, crunching deadlines. So he had a high-stress job, which then meant he wasn't getting either the quality or the quantity of sleep that he needed. So his cortisol levels were through the roof. He wasn't losing a pound. When we finally dialed in his sleep and his stress management, I kid you not, three months, three months after we figured out those two main issues, the fat started melting off like butter. This guy was down like, he was dropping like 10 pounds a month um, mm. with, with fair amount of ease, just doing his normal, his normal routine. And so I, I tell that story often because I want to emphasize the fact that, especially as entrepreneurs, we also talk about, we'll sleep later. We'll sleep when we die. Last time I checked, there's 24 hours in a day, Okay. Human body is supposed to sleep between seven and nine hours. If you're not getting seven to nine hours, and I know most people don't sleep nine hours, but if you're not getting at least six and a half to seven hours a night and you're running around on fumes, you're, ta- you're literally taking years off your life and you're not going to live your most optimal life. And so I wanted to emphasize those points because it's, it's such a crucial aspect of our health. And most men especially don't pay enough attention to sleep or stress management. Mm. So let's talk about your methods when sure. it comes to being able to enjoy the things that you want to enjoy, but staying healthy at the same time. What is the like ideal way of eating, like the ideal diet in your opinion? That's a great question. And I'll just tell you that, you know, everybody's different. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I have all the answers. I've just figured out a system that really works. Um, I follow something that I, I, I think I coined the term because I've, ne- I've never heard anybody say this, but I follow what I call modified intermittent fasting. And so by modified, I have a little protein and a little bit of fat in the morning, which then allows me to fast um, so my first meal of the day could sometimes be noon or one o'clock. And so the reason it's modified is because I have a hard time, especially someone who works out, um, going with zero food that long. And so the amount, the little tiny bit of protein and the tiny amount of fat, uh, allows me to fast longer. And then my, my eating window is, is between, let's just call it one and like eight to eight thirty at night. 
But during that eating window, and not all my clients follow this, um, but during that eating window, my nutrient breakdown is, is very, um, it's very high in protein. It's very high in healthy fats. So I don't go super low carb or anything like that. I would say I like the word moderate. So let's say it's a moderate amount of carbohydrates, but I eat them with, with each meal. It's just not a ton. How many carbohydrates? I don't need to interrupt you, but how many grams are we talking for moderate? Uh, over a hundred. Moderate. Over a hundred. Moderate. Grams of carbs. Moderate amount of carbs. I would say between a hundred to a hundred and thirty a day. So a decent amount. Yeah. It's, but here's it's the catch, lot. though. De- and here's definitely the, a decent here's where a lot of people go wrong is that they like, okay, I'm going to go low carb, so I'm just going to up my protein. That's not where the magic happens. The magic happens when you go. When you back off on the carbs a little bit, but then you increase your healthy fats. And when you do that, I'm going to tell you right now, like most people ask me, you know, how do you stay so lean by eating the burgers and the beer? And like, if I had the easy answer, it would be high intensity interval training and avocados. Like that's, that's like my, my classic easy answer. Dude, some, like there's a lot of days that I eat two full avocados. And so the healthy fats is where the magic happens. But most people don't realize the amount of brain fuel you get from healthy fats as well. They keep you full longer. Um, they, they're sustained energy. They're sustained brain fuel. They eliminate or can reduce sugar cravings. I can't stress enough. Um, walnuts, almonds, pecans, pistachios, seeds like pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, salmon, nut butters like almond butter we do a lot of, uh, coconut oil, olive oil, uh, any other fatty fish. Dude, there's so much value in there. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you the majority of people, especially the clients who hire me, they don't come close to the amount of healthy fat that they need to be eating. And they're actually scared to eat it because they, they know that it has more calories. And I'm like, you know what, man, like, I'm not going to ever ask you to count calories. So let's get rid of that misconception. And uh, it's it just, it's, it's where the magic happens. And that's a big part of, of, my success and my client's success. It sounds like we're talking about keto a little bit, right? Just less carbs. Well, so keto is less than 30 grams a day. Right. And I'm at about 130. So, I mean. But the but when it comes to like the healthy fat. Protein right? and the healthy keto, fat. Yeah. Now, keto does push a little bit more of the, of the non-healthy fat as well. So you can do a lot more fatty meats, a lot more bacon. I eat a lot of bacon. I, I shouldn't say a lot, but I eat a decent amount of bacon. Um, so I'm not against some of the fattier meats as well, Mm. but the healthy fats dude is like, it's a game changer. And most people who increase that, um, can tell a big difference in the way they feel as well. So I did keto for like a month and I loved it for the first like couple of weeks, man, explosive energy levels. Um, you know, I mean, it was just, I looked forward to having the bacon, the eggs, the burger, but after a month, I got so sick of eating grease and just I didn't want it anymore, you know. Yeah. And uh, I've done it. It wasn't sustainable for me. It just wasn't. No. But you, you you said something about the sugar cravings, uh, which is super important. Like for anybody that's doing the low carb stuff, you don't realize when you don't have any of those like refined sugars and the breads and what. Like your body yeah. goes into like a freak out. Like you, it's food yeah. doesn't taste the same, man. Like I would eat a scoop of peanut butter and it'd be like the, like crack cocaine to me, <laughs> you know? Cause it's like, cause walnuts are dull, man. You know, like 
they're just they're good maybe a few times, but after a while, it's like ugh, almonds yeah, again. I ate a lot Come of. Uh, I go for the pecans and the pistachios because they're a little bit sweeter. Yeah. And dude, like that's a staple in my diet, man. Yeah, yeah. So how do you feel about the uh, the the stevia? I use it every day. Yeah. And there's a brand that I use though, and that's that's where a lot of people go wrong. So store-bought stevia and now they sell the brand that i have uh in in a lot of stores now but most of your brand name stevias are only about 10 percent stevia and they're about 90 percent reb a and fillers so it's it's not what you would expect i buy a brand and here's the crazy thing like this these people don't have an affiliate program and i was like look I preach about your shit so much, like you should make an affiliate program just for me. But I've been using this product for about 10 years now. And I ordered in bulk off of Amazon. I get three to four boxes at a time. And it's called Sweet Leaf Stevia. Comes in a green box. Um, I buy the packets and I put one, one packet of that in my coffee every day. And I usually have two cups of coffee a day. Um, and I put one packet of Stevia in each one. And it is, uh, it is something that I swear by. It is the best tasting, least non-chemical tasting stevia that I I believe is on the market. It is it's phenomenal, and it's a very minimal amount of it is not stevia. It's silica that holds it together. When this stevia gets wet, when when this stevia gets wet, it clumps together really bad, and so they have to put something in there to keep it apart in the powdered granules. Um, mm-hmm. But man, if you uh, if you're a stevia guy, dude, that uh, sweet leaf is is the way to go. So Jason, let's. Let's give the listeners right now a, a little bit of an action plan. And of course, for all the listeners and viewers out there, you can go. We're going to link your uh, website down in the show notes. They can go and check out your programs and what you're offering. But for the listeners right here, right now, let's give them a little bit of an action plan. Let's say I want to go out there. And I want to lose 10 pounds in the next month. I'm eating like shit. I'm not working out. Like what, what, What's the first couple of things I need to do to get the ball rolling? Yeah, that's a good question, man. Um, I actually, I actually just finished one of my sales funnels and did a video, uh, in, in the funnel for that. And literally it's, it was called the quickest ways to boost your energy levels, which the same thing will, uh, hold true for this. So when you're talking about guys in the, in the shape that you just said, somebody who hasn't exercised for years, somebody who eats like shit, drinks soda, energy drinks, not much water. The three things that I would tell you that are going to give you the the most amount of energy quick and help you start to build some momentum for weight loss are going to be number one is get more active. And that's obvious. But here's the thing. And this is this is what I want to how I want to break it down for you is that. There's a big misconception that I'm going to have to be I'm going to have to hurt more than I do now before I start to feel good again. And the reason that is, is because as dudes, we're stubborn. And we try to dive headfirst into shit because I've tried to do it a lot myself. And that is not the approach. And so what I try to tell guys to do is start off with walking three times a week for 10 minutes. Write that shit on your calendar or fucking put it in your phone so that it gives you an alert and make that shit happen. Dude, in one month, you cannot tell me you don't have time to go on 12 walks for 10 minutes. But here's the thing. You're only gonna you're only gonna stay at 10 minutes for the first week, maybe two, because your body is going to start to compensate really quickly, and it's going to start to reward you very heavily, and it's going to beg you to do more of that. That's how magical this is. And so 
this is all mindset because here's the crazy part is the thought process behind walking three times a week for 10 minutes is the exact same as walking five times a week for 30 minutes. But most people try to go head first, too far, too way too deep, and they set themselves up to fall flat on their face. So number one, walk three times a week for 10 minutes at a brisk pace, get your heart rate up a little bit so you can get some of the benefits from it, and then start to build some momentum from there. Writing it down on a calendar will also give you that visual where you can look back and say, you know what, I committed to going 12 times in a month. I look back and I actually went 13. Or I went look back and I actually made it 11 out of 12. You know how good that feels when you actually fucking win? You know as well as I do, it's about the small wins. Mm-hmm. When you can start taking credit for your small victories, that's what's telling your subconscious mind that, all right, you know, I can do this shit. So that's, that's number one. That's gonna help you build massive momentum in terms of exercise. Number two, is drink more water. And I know that that's, it's, it sounds very easy on the surface. Most people don't drink nearly the amount of water they should be. And if you're a non-water drinker right now, the way that you can become a water drinker is starting the day, as soon as you wake up with one full glass of water, get, you've slept all night long, you're already dehydrated and behind the eight ball. Your urine, your urine should be clear most of the day. So drink one glass of water to start the day before you do anything else, as soon as you wake up and then commit to one bottle of water for the rest of the day. If you're not drinking any right now, commit to one bottle of water the rest of the day for the full week. Week two, do the exact same thing, but add another bottle of water and commit to two bottles of water every day for that week until you work your way up to half your body weight in ounces. You should be drinking close to half your body weight in ounces every single day. And when you do that, you're going to be able to get rid of the energy drinks you're going to be able to get rid of the ca- the uh, sugary beverages, the juices, the sodas, all that shit. Because number three is start incorporating more healthy fats into your life. This does not mean you have to overhaul any of your meals. You don't even have to focus on your main meals right now. Just focus on adding two snacks in per day, one mid-morning, one mid-afternoon, that are healthy fats. A handful of almonds a handful of pistachios, pecans, whatever nuts you want. Just just do nuts. That's if you want to just roll with nuts, that's fine. And you commit to that for the next month, and I can guarantee you that you will feel significantly better and will look back one month from now and say, you know what, that wasn't that hard. I can double down and I can do better than this now moving forward. And I'm now gonna make a bigger commitment to continue to get healthy. You might not lose a full 10 pounds, but that, re- that recipe that I just gave you will start to have you feeling better, having more energy, starting mm. to lose weight if your uh, health habits are terrible right now. And the momentum is what you need on your side. Most people try to find motivation. Motivation comes and goes. Sometimes it's non-existent. It's not going to show up on your doorstep in an Amazon Prime box. But when you leverage momentum instead, you can, you can do big things with health, business, you name it, man. Momentum is where it's at. I love it, man. Great, great action plan right there. Now, for the person that does that, right, or they're on some sort of a regimen or whatever the case may be, they've been on it, they've gotten some results, and then one day they just fuck up, and they go and eat McDonald's, or and then they feel like shit, and they're disappointed in themselves. Like, what would you tell that person? You, uh, you just look at my lifestyle. Go check my Instagram on a Friday night <laughs> and say, you know what? <laughs> he fucked up too, so that's okay. Um, to, to be real honest with you, if you do that for a month and you beat yourself up over one bad meal or you binged out on an entire large pizza and you had a six pack of beer, 
you got to erase that shit, man. It's like with anything else. If you beat yourself up over, over one, one fuck up, uh, it's a recipe for disaster and it's going to create a downward spiral for you. You've got to realize that one bad meal is not going to destroy 30 days of progress. Mm. Nobody gains 50 pounds overnight. Nobody loses 50 pounds overnight. It's mm. this mentality that we have that you're doing, it's the all or none mentality. And that's why I don't believe in that. That's why I'm very much the burger and beer guy. If you're an all or none person, then it's going to be very difficult for you to gain the momentum because you are going to fuck up. You've got to go know this going in that this is a lifelong journey. It's your health. It's not a game. You know, we can talk about Andy, Andy Frisella's 75 hard all to all we want. It's a, it's a 75 day program for a reason. It's not a lifelong program because it's not realistic for the majority of people in the world. And so if you're trying to live a sustainable lifestyle, you got to realize that instead of using the word fuck up, you use cheat meal and you move on with your shit. Mm. Now, what would you say for the people out there who think that they're too old or it's too far gone for them and like they're just past the point of making their lifestyles healthier, you know, for like the, the older community? Dude, you're never too old to start working on a better version of yourself. We live once. We're put on this planet one time. And whether you're 40, 50, 60, or 70, you can always work on the best and healthiest version of yourself and extend the only life that you have. If you are writing yourself off because you're 65 years old and you're you know, 80 pounds overweight, Dude, there's a lady on Instagram right now. If you don't see her, her pictures floating around, it's like 70-something-year-old grandma who was fucking obese as shit and is now all ripped out because she decided that she was, she'd had enough at that age. You're never, it's never too late to start working on the best version of you, the most elite version of you, especially when it comes to your health. Look at some of these people in business that didn't do shit till they were like fucking 80. Mm. Dude, like, you know, the KFC dude or any, well, you know, I don't know all the, all the examples, but you've seen those memes mm -hmm. running around. It's never too late. We live once. Mm. Boom. I love it, my man. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that value, brother. I want to talk about going forward for you. Uh, if you were to snap your fingers right now, you're 15 years into the future. Where are you at? What's dad bod health like? What kind of things are you doing? 15 years in the future puts me at 55 years old. And if I'm 55 years old and I've been able to touch the lives of hundreds of thousands of men, uh, I will feel pretty damn fulfilled, man. Um, I plan to scale my company uh, as soon as I get to that point. Um, again, I'm, I'm a little under two years in, so I'm still a one-man show um, with the exception of a few um, – salespeople and, and marketing team. I mean, I have a team per se, but it, I don't have full-time employees as of now. Um, and I want to be able to help other families in terms of giving people the opportunity to work for a, a brand they can get behind. But more importantly, I want to make a, a major impact on the obesity epidemic in our country and do my part in you know extending the lives of other men uh, I firmly believe as a father that we have a moral and ethical responsibility as well as obligation to be the leader of our family in every aspect, make our health a priority. 
so that we can be around long-term for our children and watch them grow up to pursue greatness. And so the more men that I can touch and help realize that you don't need strict fad diets, you don't need strenuous long hours of cardio to get healthy and you can still enjoy burgers and beer, um, the more fulfilled life I will live, man. Mm, I love it, brother. And I ask every guest on the show the same question. I'd like to extend that to you if that's cool with you, bro. Sure. In your entire life so far, what has been the absolute best advice that you've ever received? That's a good question, man. Um, you know, probably, probably, uh, well, let's, I'll go with two. You know, the two, two quotes stand out to me. Uh, and one of them relates to what you were just talking about, about being too old. So uh, my mentor actually said this to me once. And it was just two words. I was contemplating on something, a decision that I needed to make. Um, and the two words that he said to me that really resonated with me were, why wait? And I use that with my clients. I use that in business. And at the end of the day, like, why wait? I mean, when you really think about it, like, what are you procrastinating for? What are you waiting for? Um, life is not going to be handled, handed to you on a silver platter. And, and so why wait is one of them. And then the other one uh, is figure it out, man. Uh, I, I listened to a podcast one time and I heard this young guy uh, who was going through a lot of struggles and had finally gotten to his, bu his business to a place where he was doing really well. And he, he echoed a lot of the frustrations that I have and still have to this very day with fucking tech and sales funnels and you know, uh, landing pages and all this bullshit that we have to deal with. And, you know, he, his, uh, his main uh, takeaway was figure it out. And, and that's, uh, that's just what you have to do as an entrepreneur. I love it, brother. Great advice. Why wait and figure it out? My man, Jason, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, brother. Much, much appreciated for sharing value with uh, our community. And I look forward to staying connected, man, seeing what's next for you. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me on, dude. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Take care, brother. All right, all right. And that wraps up episode 22 of the Started Somewhere podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, if you did enjoy, please go ahead and subscribe to the show. Give us some feedback. And of course, we'll see you in the next episode. Take care. <laughs>